to another episode of the Excellence Cartel, where you don't have to listen to Sue's shitty introduction for a week. Today, we have uh-huh. beautiful Michael Clifford joining us. Mike's got a hell of a little background. Um, before we went live, I actually had to cut him off because he was already in flow. We had a good direction where to go. But um, real quick, guys, going forward, if you guys get anything out of our podcast episodes, be sure to share, tag, uh, leave reviews for us on iTunes. Just trying to grow the podcast. We got some cool changes that we're maneuvering. Uh, headed into 2022 and then with that being said we do have tickets still on sale we just got word from a thera it is 11 left for next week we have 11 spots um so they moved pretty quick in the last few days because we were at 20 the other day so we moved out the excellencecartel.com is where you can get tickets uh that's where the lineup's at it's july or january 28th 29th in dallas um there is a trm discovery day friday for free at hidden gym if you guys want to attend that's with matt park who is with trainer revenue multiplier who we work with um as y'all know that being said jeffrey sue Mm. how's your last seven days my brilliant man how's did you get your jeep yet yeah i got the jeep finally it literally came like you know i think the day after we recorded last week um, and I fucking love that car, dude. I, I love it more than the M4. What? I love it more than the M4. Like it, it has like a moonroof, sunroof. It's like power, everything like remote start. Like it's got everything like, and it's so comfortable and like so much room and it looks great. It's just a nice car. It's not flashy. It's not loud. It's not super expensive. Like it's just nice. Yep. And I love it. You know? Yeah, but life is good, you know, still, you know, still getting clients coming back. Been a lot, there's been a lot of returning clients um, this month, more than more so than you. I would say like 60% returning and on higher rates too. And, um, you know, 40% new. Um, I have another consult later on today. Just been a lot of consults and a lot of people are shopping around. I, I've been talking like with other coaches and they're like, yeah, I've talked to that person too. I'm like, yeah, I talked to her the other day. So people are trying to make that right decision, you know, finding the perfect coach. Um, what else? What else? Uh, that's, I think that's about it. You know, life, life's good, man. I'm just cranking through. So guess, yeah, nothing else. I can't wait to see you next week. Grab your ass. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to run my hand through your beard, Jeff. I bet you can. I'm going to fucking outdress you too. Um, anyway, <laughs> Jason, uh, how's your last seven days been? You look like you got, um, you look like you got a few things going on. Not bad. Um, I took, uh, some vacation time. Good for you. Um, tried to unplug as much as possible. I asked clients to not check in, you know, I gave them some times when they could get it in pre leaving and post. Right. Um, about 95% stuck to it. So the ones that trickled in, I just answered rather than saying, well, you're not supposed to be checking in. I just, just answered it. Um, <laughs> that was nice. We were into Miami. We were in North beach. Didn't do the South beach thing. Um, even there, Miami's cool, but it's not really my thing. The beach is like on a hill and you know, um, I don't know. Just not my thing. People aren't as friendly there. I don't know. Um, but I like to, get different experiences. And so, you know, I know that that won't be a place I'll probably go back again, but, uh, uh, you know, aside from all that, it was 75 for three of the five days, sunny. So I got some nice time on the beach at the pool. It was good, man. Like I kind of had time to 
rethink about what I want, what, what direction I want to go in, um, and then do some personal goals. And I kind of realized that even though I probably won't compete again, I have to be in a mindset where I'm trying to improve in bodybuilding. Um, if I maintenance does not work for me, um, I've been sleeping in too late. Um, then it's stressing the rest of my day. And, you know, I had to start realizing the things I tell my clients I need to practice. So this morning I was up like every day in vacation, we got up, we walked, I got up today, seven o'clock instead of my eight thirty nine that I've been just rolling out of bed and, um, you know, Damn. walked. and, uh, yeah, man, I got into bad habits. Wow. December kind of did that to me because I wasn't, you know, things aren't as busy. So I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna take this time to kind of down, you know, fuel up and, uh, you know, reset and I don't need to be out of bed, yeah. but it's just bad, man. It didn't work well for me. So, uh, yeah. So I, I got up this morning, walked 40 minutes and, um, you know, today's a busy day because on my Monday people from yesterday, I asked to not check in till today, plus my normal Tuesday people, plus the pod, plus my son's here, plus I got to get into piano. It's just, man, it's a never, never ending thing, but, um, I think it's going to work a lot better for me. So I'm more dedicated now getting back into improvement. And, um, you know, I think, I think that'll work better for me going forward. Sweet. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, as a lot of you, as you guys know, I went and saw the hip surgeon last Wednesday, yep. got told I'm getting both my hips taken out and they're even going to remove my fucking rods too. So that's going to be a brutal, absolutely horrendous surgery whenever that happens. But at least I have enough time. He feels to finish what I started. So next year will probably be it. So um, what I decided to do was I have a couple of my buddies. They needed a hand up. So a couple of us decided to do 75 hard. Me and my buddy Danny start on the 31st. You remember Danny, Jason? You met Danny. Yeah. So he just needed a hand. So I was like, fine, fuck it. I'll do it with you. So I'm going to do 75 hard, run through the other phase of it. And then I'm going to start preparing for my shows next year. That'll give me a whole year. What are you going to do for the cardio? Um. So I got my bike out. I'm going to probably ride my bike around my neighborhood. I got a good 45. I'm going to do some walking. I got, you know, just all sorts of different stuff. I'm going to have fun with it. I'm going to try swimming. I'm probably do swimming Saturday and Sunday, just different shit, just to kind of be amused. I would, man. I mean, I, if I all you're doing is walking, that's, that's not a good idea on the hip. I don't think. Yeah. So I go for PRP treatment stuff tomorrow and then I'll know more about the game plan, but he pretty much kind of thought that, I was looking at about five to 10 years max. So we'll just see. But I said, fuck it. You know, the years, the way I have to train, I've got maybe two to three more good years in the tank, bodybuilding wise. Right. And we know that, like, he's like, you pretty much, if you're going to finish it, you need to finish it like next year, maybe the year after that, depending upon how stuff looks. But for all intents and purposes, I'm going to go in through it next year and, and seal the deal. So and get it done. But otherwise, um, let's see, by the way, Sue, I know you're a single gentleman, but that online dating world, dude, those girls and those apps are hilarious. My buddy was sending me like, he has like this thread, like the L word that women shouldn't say. And like some of the stuff. (laughs) Oh my God. It's hilarious. I'm not going to comment on online dating on this podcast. All right. Well, don't comment on online dating. I was just saying a single person because I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't think I'm going to do it. I'd rather close his expertise oh his expertise is that what it is because i'm like yeah. we'll keep it between our co- our little private text thread but uh, i just got one right. piece of advice for you is don't get herpes that's it 
<laughs> well, apparently from what my buddy said, they don't give a fuck about STDs is whether you're vaxxed or not. They don't even ask you that question now on there. He's like, dude, I remember I used to go to these like, like one night stands and shit. They used to be all like, what was your last did, you know, fucking check up. But now they're like, whoa, are you vaxxed and boosted? <laughs> and <laughs> get the fuck out of I was laughing so hard. So he was sharing one of his escapades. I live, I live my life vicariously through it. So anyway, Mike, how's your last seven days been? Uh, it's So it's been a rough adjustment. And I'm about an hour outside of Chicago, which is traditionally pretty cold this time of year. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, 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 just right there with it. By the way, it looks like Nashville is kind of slowly turning into Chicago with the weather that you guys have had over the last like 10 days or so. Yeah, it's been wild, man. Snow and ice, snow and ice. So I was uh, last weekend, I was at an event in Scottsdale. And so on the day that I went to take off, I left and it was negative four and that was the high and that was without the wind. When I arrived, it was it was like 62 and it got up to 72 that day and I was there for three days. And so coming back and landing to six degrees when the sun is shining bright is just, man, it's it's so defeating because even days where like I get up and I look out the window, and I'm like, it looks amazing outside. It's fucking 11. <laughs> so it's it's always a tough adjustment coming back to uh, to the inclement winter of Illinois from somewhere sunny and bright, but it does always give you the opportunity to get caught up on work when it's dangerous to go outside. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Um, so I want to give everyone like a little introduction to you. Um, it was August of 2020. I met yeah. you in yeah. Franklin with Nick and Thera. We had gone down there to talk about the gym, get some ads done. And at the time, you know, you were the, the rudder, uh, I guess, behind the NCI operational side. But I got to talk to you. and We've talked um, shop. We've talked to Ray Dalio's principles. I mean, me and you have had some really good business discussions. I wanted to bring you on because you have, you know, an extensive background in coaches. And what we're seeing in the, in the fitness space, you know, all of us are, is it's getting very, very crowded. And there's a lot of coaches, a lot of people who mean really well, who get very confused and spun out. And, you know, me and you had chatted and the guys before we went live and we started getting some ideas. But first off, I want to frame, how did you resurrect and build into a juggernaut? Because I think everyone should understand that business because building momentum, getting a flywheel going is a very hard thing. I'm actually presenting on that next week. Nice. Uh, so the, the first, the first step to more focus is removing distraction, right? We, we live in a world where our attention span is constantly under attack from social media and, you know, various streaming and constant stimulus. And so a lot of people, even in the coaching space, you know, when we host calls, we'll talk about those things. And like, well, I just, I can't focus. I need to focus more. Like you need to remove distractions. What are the things that are distracting you? Right. And so, I mean, once upon a time, and this was like six years ago, and as you know, I'm going to say something semi embarrassing. As a grown man, I would fuck you up in Call of Duty. Like, I was good. I, I, was, <laughs> I was like 50 and three. I'd be in a French lobby, tear them up, and they'd start cussing in and, and French. Like, I was, I was that guy. I was that good at video games, which is very sad for an adult who's married with children and all of those things. But 
there was a day where I was at work and I called my wife and I was like, you got to hide it. I was like, take it, put it away. It's getting in the way. It's too much of a distraction. So I had her hide the video game. And in the next six months, my business took off more than it ever had. And it wasn't from anything other than removing distraction. And so to take it back to NCI, for, for those of us who have been in this space long enough um, and, and had fingers on the pulse, and this, this is tied a little bit more to the days of you know peak CrossFit and all that stuff, there was a coaching company out there called IN3. And at the time, I mean, I want to say like in, in the heyday, we're talking a thousand clients close to it. It's pretty damn successful for a coaching company. However, um, when we look at someone who is, and, and this is where kind of the, the multi-level marketing chat kind of came in. And I want to preface this for, for those of you at home listening. When I use the term multi-level marketing, I'm not just automatically attacking everything related to that. It, it got a, you know, over the past few years, it's, it's gotten a little bit of a, a bad reputation from, from the things, you know, like the, the Herbalife's, the Herbalife salespeople are like, take two scoops of this, you're going to gain 10 pounds of muscle, but I just want to lose weight. I meant take two scoops of this and you're going to, you'll lose 10 pounds immediately. Right? Like those are the multi-level marketing things that we think of, but you can just build levels to your own marketing. And so if someone is a solopreneur, let's say, and they're a coach in the online space, you have tons and tons of clients. What do you have? You have a lot of money. What don't you have? Time. You don't have time to do anything, right? Because when you are pouring into people that much, and for those of you who have been in the space longer than the last two years, people used to get weekly check-ins or check-ins every 10 days. I know the, the fashionable thing now is, you know, we may check in every two weeks. I know some people who give a monthly check-in and that's it. And fair play, what? whatever what whatever service whatever level of service you want to provide to your end consumer that's up to you and by the way your success is probably going to be predicated on that but when when we look at this and we're like okay so if i want to maintain money and i want my time back what do i have to do well now you need you need people named not you to do those things we have to maintain the business and so now the individual coach becomes the head of a coaching company. Now you have other people to do the heavy lifting for you at this point. So that's a great thing. So what's the level up from that? Well, let's certify people. Let's take people and make them nutrition coaches. Okay, that's a good deal. That, that company by itself needs all the focus in the world. If you want to be amazing at something, and I will we'll probably get into this part a little bit later, um, I always proposition people with, and, and I use a lot of metaphors. Would you rather be Michael Jordan? Would you rather have Michael Jordan or would you rather have Tex Winters, right? And so a lot of people don't know Tex Winters. He was the assistant coach who came up with what is known as the triangle offense. This is the offensive scheme that won many championships for the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. was carried on later, has always been greatly successful. That's a tactic. At best, that's a strategy that doesn't make you better. And so you take someone like a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant, this is the person who would go into the gym, dribble left twice, fade right 200 times, we're gonna practice that. 
or you dribble right twice and then fade left 200 times. Why? Because you want to be the best version of you wherever it is that you go, right? So we, we try to work on building the skills instead of staying just tuck in the, stuck in the tactics. Anyways, we'll, we'll get to that later on. So when it comes to that next level, well, we're going to certify people. And so what is this? Now we're magnifying our, our expanse, right? Like this is a force multiplier. You get to deal with more people at once with less time from you. And so again, we're all starting from the bottom level where you're just a coach. And then you build the next level of the marketing and then you build the next level. So here we are now with a flooded space and, and that's you know a bit of a dramatic term, but you guys have seen over the last couple of years, everyone's a nutrition coach. Everyone's an online trainer or everyone's a business coach after you've been a nutrition coach for two years. Let me show you how to build your business, right? And that's the next level of the marketing. And so when you're starting to see a space that a few years ago maybe had just a several hundred people online and now there are thousands tens and tens of thousands of coaches everywhere and it's filling more and more rapidly right and so if you're trying to build this large thing up here you have a distraction down here and so the very first thing that had to be done was i and three had to go so the very first step to focusing on making a juggernaut is removing all other distractions. And so it was, I want to say, we'll call it December of 2019, IM3 was sold. And that was one of the biggest steps because now there was nothing else to focus on except for NCI. And keep in mind at that point, NCI, I believe, was six figures in debt to IM3. So you had one business that was very successful and then one that was not at all. We chose to get rid of the one that was successful at the time because this was the future and it was seen. So the first step is to completely remove distraction. The second step is you have to be willing to work your face off every moment of every day if you're truly, truly, truly trying to build a juggernaut. And so when I say a juggernaut, I don't mean like, Mm, a very successful coaching business. We have a thousand clients. No, a juggernaut is like, we have 5,000 clients moving to 10,000 clients. And you have to obsess nonstop over something like that. So yeah, I would say the first step is removing distraction. The second step is being able to work your face off nonstop every single day, every single week, every single month for an extended period of time. And to be willing to reprioritize your life because if you're trying to build that thing, you know what you're not trying to build? Your body, right? Something's got to take a back seat at some point. And so you have to reprioritize everything that you're doing. And so, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, brother. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm rolling. I was just going to add, no, you're, no, it's, it's really good role. So you actually said something really, really crucial there about the space in the last two years and how much it has filled up. You have a lot of coaches who are listening. Some are rookies trying to get ideas. Some are fucking vets north of five, 10 years who are trying to figure out where to do. Where do you think, based upon what you've done, you know, with NCI before you uh, exited that movement and decided to do something else, 
where do you think the fitness industry goes now, considering that the, the, the gates open, you know, everyone kind of thinks, Oh, I can train a hundred clients and work 20 hours a month and make 30 K a month doing it. Where do you think the fitness space going? If you had to give, if you had to start coaching this to new coaches listening, I'll let the guys pipe in if they want to refine this or sharpen it as we go. But vice the first coaches who are listening coming in, what are the steps that they need to take to be successful? Do they offer a mentorship? What does it take to get to a mentorship? Things like that. So are we talking coaches who are new in the space, just got out of your certification, just got your exercise science, ex-phys degree, and you're coming into the space? Are we talking about people in their first year, first six I, months? I think people who don't have over 20 clients. What do you guys think for that number? You guys think something like that? You guys want to go with time or you want to go with numbers? Sue, Jason? Mm, numbers, I guess. I'm, I would say time. All right, a little it, bit mixed. It's both, there. right? Because you can be in the space for two years, but if you work with three clients, you don't know shit about fuck. Right? <laughs> and, and at the same time, we, we always have to consider this too. And when I say this, it's only an example. It's not to detract. If you got 100 doctors in the room, one's the smartest, one's the dumbest. And so we all come to whatever we're doing, bringing our own individual, you know, whatever our genetic coding is, that that IQ that you have, that ability to solve problems and understand things, that's not going to change too much. You can acquire different knowledge, you can make yourself better at what you do, but we don't all start with the same set of tools. And so you need clients and you need time, you need reps and you need time under tension in order to grow as a coach. And so if you're still in your first 10 to 20 clients, you don't really need to be worried about marketing and you don't need to be worried about attraction and client acquisition. You need to be worried about fulfillment. You need to be worried about giving these people the best possible experience that they can have. And the, the reality is this, when it comes to coaching, now there's, there's, different, there's different sections and, and we all understand this, right? Like there are people who work strictly with physique competitors, okay? There are people who work strictly with ball sport athletes, stuff like that. Those are, in a, in a sense, those are great people to coach, right? They live that kind of Rocky and Russia lifestyle where you're just like, hey, go do this stuff because they're machines who are focused on their goals. That's great. But then there's Gen Pop. That's a different animal altogether. Well, and there's also another level. There's Gym Pop, right? G-Y-M. Those are the, those are the bros who go to the gym and they, they train five days a week and they still have tiny, tiny little calves and these massive upper bodies and they have the want, the desire they need, they don't have the education. And so there's, there's different levels of coaching that we all do out there. But if you work with Gen Pop, and by the way, if you're a new coach, I guarantee that's who you work with, right? Because you're not specialized enough to say like, I'm, I am a gut health expert. I am a hormone expert. No, you're still in your your infancy as a coach, people come to you because they're in darkness, right? People need two different coaches. There are some people who need just a Sherpa. They need someone to get them up and down the mountain safely. We're going to summit, we're going to exit, right? And so great, we're, we're going to get you on stage, we're going to reverse you off you go for a little while. Cool. Then there are people who need shepherds. And that's different. These are the folks who are the standard American. They've been so programmed and, and they're so deep and dark in their pain of their existence 
because they've lived a sedentary lifestyle. They sit in front of televisions on social media, eating hyper-processed foods, chronically inflamed, piss-poor mental health. And so, coach, I'm talking to you out there. If those are your clients, you don't need to worry about marketing. You need to worry about getting these people out of the darkness and into the light. They need some wins in their life. They need some victories. It may be scale victories, maybe non-scale victories. If we're talking about someone who's on a weight loss diet, maybe one of the big victories we have is we get them a little bit of energy, right? Like you're talking to someone who they've yo-yo dieted forever. They're at their desk. They just finished lunch. What do they want to do? They want to take a nap. Why? Chronically fatigued, chronic undersleeping, chronic underfueling, improper fueling, all of the things. And so if you're still in your infancy as a coach, don't worry about acquiring new clients. Worry about serving your current clients, which by the way, is the best form of marketing. Right. If you can deliver and drive results for the people who pay you money, they're going to bring you more people who pay you money, right? Like what is said is important. It's not as important as who says it, right? And so what I mean by that is, you know, Jason can say like, I'm the best coach. There's no one like me. I am the best. 10 out of 10 times, I'm taking first. And some people are going to be like, look at that swagger. But he's a great coach. Some people are going to be like, I bet he's an asshole. <laughs> but when a client, when a client is like, Jason is the best coach. He always takes care of me. He always prioritizes me. He leads me into a better space every single day of my life. What is said is important. It's not as important as who says it. And so if you pour into your clients as a new coach, you're going to double your client load very soon. Does that make sense, guys? A hundred percent. I'm glad you touched on the referrals. I think that's a huge thing. I know Sue has a couple of questions he wants to kind of get on. So I'll figure out how yeah. to take over. Referrals is huge, though. Yeah. Um, Mike, uh, first, you know, I'm curious what you think, you know, where our industry is in. You know, every industry has a life cycle. So you have your introduction, right, your growth, your maturity, and your decline. And so my first question is, where do you think we are? And then secondly, um, where, like, you know how everyone is like trying to like save time. They want to work less hours, still make all the money. And that brings up a very, you know, deep and vast topic of, you know, how much is enough finding your happiness in terms of your impact and your wealth and how much money you make and who you want to be remembered by and all this remembered as and all this stuff. And so get, you can get really down deep into rabbit holes. But what I'm seeing now is a lot of people who want to make all the money, but don't want to spend the time. And I'm someone who works, you know, 12, 14 hours on Mondays and Tuesdays on Thursdays. I have mentorship coaches. I'm on zoom calls from 1 PM until sometimes 8 PM. So I work a lot. And I love it. I could never, you know, you know, tell a sub coach or a team to do the work for me and be out of it and still collect the dollars. That doesn't sit well with me. That's like hiring a nanny to take care of my kids. I have too much ego and pride and, and I'm OCD. I like being hands-on. So what's your advice to people who want to choose these two paths? Like, is there a right or a wrong way? Like, which one's better? I don't think there's a better Right. And I'm, I'm going to speak from my own experience. And so I was living a mission filled life. 
not purpose. I was not connected to my purpose. I didn't know that at the time. I put the mission above everything else. And so for me, um, there's no exaggeration. I can literally grab my wife out of the other room. It was seven days a week, every week for years. It's because I love to do it, right? There's work can be described in two ways. It's what you do to maintain your lifestyle or it's what you do to give yourself fulfillment in life. Like this is my life's work. And, and that's kind of easily identified as the thing that you lose time. You just completely lose track of time. And so if you are that person where you're like, I'm working 14 hour shifts and I fucking love it. Chances are you found your calling, right? You found what will be your life's work or at least a phase in your life's work. If you're getting into this and you're like, it's too much, it's too much. We would call this burnout, right? That would be the industry term. And, and I believe burnout comes when you're not attached to the purpose of your work and the financial reward is not great enough. Ah, that's a good way of saying it. So this kind of leads us back to what I touched on earlier. I see, I've seen people who are giving monthly check-ins. I've seen people who are giving bi-weekly check-ins. Why? Well, maybe this is not their calling maybe not this is not their life's work maybe it's not what they want to do it's the fashionable thing to do because their friend did this thing and their friend's really good at it and they deliver results and they made money and now this person heard about it they're like i like money i like being in shape i'm gonna be a coach Mm, probably not gonna go too well right so and this is something that we talked on off the air and so i just want to bring it up i personally believe coaches are coaches for one of two reasons only either a you went through something in your life and someone was there for you and it made a very deep profound impact and you want to pay that forward right a very powerful figure in your life or and this is me someone wasn't there right there's, there's a phase, a point in your life where you really needed someone, you really needed guidance, you really needed mentorship, you really needed advice, you didn't get shit from anyone. You're going to make sure now that no one ever feels that again, right? Like for the most part, by and large, coaches are there for one of those two reasons. And if you can't search your heart of hearts and find that spot for you, you're probably in this for the wrong reason. You're probably going to get burnt out really fast. And the way to prevent burnout is spending less time on doing what you're doing. Now the question comes in, are you going to spend less time on your client fulfillment or are you going to spend less time on your marketing and client acquisition? If you like money, you're still going to market because you want money. But if you don't love coaching, if you don't understand that the word coach now is a special relationship that two people have, that's my coach is different. If you don't understand that, the chances are you're going to cut out the client fulfillment and then you won't have either problem because when you overmarket and oversell and you don't deliver on the back end, people are going to ask for their money back. The people are going to take to social media. Some cases they take to the Better Business Bureau. Not that that does a ton of good, but that's kind of the way it starts to show up in everyone's business. So it, it can always be pretty pretty traced back to, to why you're actually here. And are you here for the right reasons or not? Yeah. Um, you, you know what I'm seeing um, a lot now, Mike, is that I don't know how much the business coaches and the programs have sort of contributed to this 
this fire and putting gasoline on it. But a lot of coaches that I mentor, there are two types of people. One type really cares about getting good at coaching, like learning mm. the ins and outs, like the nitty gritty stuff. Yeah. The other ones, they just want to beat their revenue target year over year. And so the, the ones who want to beat the revenue target, they're all about marketing. But a lot of what I'm seeing is, and this is just one specific person if for anyone who's listening to this. Um, you know, what I'm seeing is that they get a ton of clients. They are able to, they have this marketing machine that draws in a ton of clients, mm -hmm. but they don't quite know what to do with them. And so that's why they pay me, they pay me a thousand dollars a month to write the programs for them. And then they give them to the client and take the credit for it, which I'm okay with. But sure. I, I see that as a problem because like, you know, you shouldn't have to do that, but you know, I see like a problem. So I offer a solution, right? So I can, I can make some money off of that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But you're perpet that's perpetuating the problem. Like I mentor right. too. I'm not writing the program. I teach you how to do it. You write right. it. If you want to show it to me, I'll tell you whether you're right, but you shouldn't be writing it. I mean, but it, it, yeah, you're right. It does perpetuate the problem, but there are people out there who, who need that, that help. So, and what are your thoughts on all that? So, and, and this is where I referred to people kind of get stuck in tactics and strategies because they don't understand principles or conceptual thinking. If you don't understand the fundamental pr principles of program design, you're stuck in this tactic of paying someone $1,000 to write your kit because you don't understand anything that you're trying to teach. And so if you're up front with that, you're like, hey, just so you know, I've teamed up with one of the best in the space to write these programs. Now you're presenting an amazing service. I've brought in a believable expert. Jeff Black, you should love that from Ray Dalio, right? I've brought yeah. in a believable expert to triangulate my opinion off of. Mm -hmm. And that's cool because that, that speaks to an improved service than what you could offer as the individual. But if you come in and you're like, I wrote this, it's what I do. And you present yourself as something you are not, that's fine. You'll be exposed. You won't have much time in the space. It'll go away because that is the kind of thing that that leaks out to people. So I think if you're up front with it and we're managing expectations and the frame is proper and it's appropriate, I don't think there's anything wrong because, again, to speak to multi levels, as newer coaches come in with less seniority, the more senior coaches start to coach the coaches. And you get higher up and you get to charge a greater price. Why? Because coaching is a skill set and it has different levels of value, right? And so like, if you are coaching someone in the art of piano, you're probably gonna make 15 to $20 an hour. If you are coaching someone and you're an expert nutrition coach, you can probably make a hundred plus dollars an hour. If you are coaching someone as a business coach, you can make $500 plus an hour. And if you coach the coaches, now you just keep naming, you see how you see how it works. And so that, that makes logical sense because as new people come in, they have to have someone to look up to. So where you guys were at in this space, now you're up here. Someone else is down here looking up. So they need you. But it's, it's, it's about how it's positioned and, and the honesty or lack of honesty, in, in my opinion, at least. Well, I think the word mentor and the word leadership is absolutely destroyed in the fitness space and not even clearly understood because 
the basis for referral is you actually successfully leaded, led someone, sorry, leaded, led someone through a journey. You know what I mean? And I actually would argue, you brought up a good point. You were talking about coaches. So the coaches get in and client acquisition or taking care of the client. I argue that actually half the coaches in the space don't even know how to fucking talk to people. And what I mean by that is their content is largely to other coaches. Like they will have a lot of great content, but only other coaches and all the other coaches who are familiar with anything like that interact. So with that being said, do you dare argue that in terms of the client care, that that would be better refinement in that time to understand your avatar to properly market and understand their pain points more to refine? And people get yeah. lost there? Or do you think they just go down these rabbit holes like Sue said, and I just hire Sue and rather than like work on refinement, I just go down there. And I, I sit between Jason and Sue on that topic. I think that some people just need help. And I think that and sometimes you got to be like, hey, fuck, if you ain't figured it out after six months with Sue, who kind of knows a lot or Jason, I just don't feel like you might hack it after five more years. Let me, let me interject one thing real quick here, real quick. The reason why I walk them through the setups is because people need to see that in order to get it. You can teach the concepts, but they still can't put it together until they actually see it done and run through it themselves. So that's why I offer. And Jason, you know, you take a different, you have a different opinion on this, clearly, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I teach it. I tell them to put it together and then they send me it. I don't build it word for word and then say, send it to your client. Like, well, I just no, don't, I don't do that either. Work. I walk them through it on a call and I say, okay, the macro should be this. This is what the training should be. This is what the lab work says. Here's some supplements to use. And we re repeat that over and over again. And they, they write it up and they send it. But I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, Oh yeah. If you're not writing it up, I mean, then yeah, yeah I do the same thing. You made it yeah, sound like, like you write it up and they just send it off to their client. Like, yeah, hey, that's yeah. cool. we're, we're in agreement. Yeah. So what you're talking about is more, consulting if they come to you and they're like what should i do you're like you should do this that's mm -hmm. a consultant right if if there's a coach we kind of want to move them through the process but also educate them along the way which is still not a mentor right that word has been bastardized so much in this space like oh who's your mentor this digital marketer that's not a mentor that's a digital marketer they're different things you don't understand <laughs> yep but i i think that if you're going to be a consultant for people that's amazing if you're going to coach them where you see something that they don't see right like you have you have this requisite amount of knowledge that they desire or should desire and to have a mentor set up set up to move them through that process that's building them that has certain you know checkpoints like i don't know quizzes avatars that that they can work with that are your own and so it's a control something like that can improve people's processes but if they just keep going on with no desire to ever improve on their own on their mm -hmm. own and i've seen this in the business coaching space intimately right because there are people who just get their knowledge from others and they parrot that information and when they're asked about it they can't answer specifically. They have to answer in generalizations. Yeah, yes. throw them on an IG live and they get fucked sideways. Absolutely. And that's also why they won't go on an IG live. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I, I think, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I don't mean to cut you off though. Finish your go thought. Ahead. No, you're good, dude. Go ahead. Okay. My question is, you know, you know, Jason and Jeff and I are all 
you know, pretty seasoned, you know, like we've been in this, like I've been in this 10 years, Jason, I think double the amount of time. I'm 17 has of April. Jason's. Up yeah. And so we're kind of older guys. Right. And you know, whenever I log into Instagram now, all I see is like girls and blue <laughs> that dance around pointing at things like pointing at words that pop up and like, you know, I'm still real. waiting on Jason to do a fucking real. That's what content creation means now. But to me, content creation, I don't pay for marketing. I just show before and afters. I get on my my Instagram. I just post before and after. I quickly explain what I do. Sometimes I'll run through a case study, show my spreadsheets and my write-ups. That's my content. I've never danced around and pointed to words. So in your opinion, in today's social media-driven world of online coaching, after all, it is online. Um what is your take on, you know, the proper way to market yourself and what is, what should content creation be like? Oh, good Lord. So that's, uh, that's, that's kind of like, just, just like your business. It's gotta be something that speaks to you, that connects to you. I would not expect any of you fine upstanding gentlemen of a certain age to be dancing around, pointing at bubbles, sticking their butts out like this. Right. Oh, I've seen it. Now I'm not saying we haven't we haven't all yeah, no, done it in jest, right? But that's not what I expect from your content. That is what I expect from some 24 year old. Doesn't doesn't have to be a female. Can be a guy. They do the same shit. It's because they're also the kids who just got back into early 90s fashion, right? Shit that we lived through. They're just getting back into. The <laughs> different people, different things resonate with them. But when it comes to real marketing. Nothing, nothing beats case studies and testimonials, not a damn thing because you can, and, and it goes, it goes back to what I said, what is said is important. It's not as important as who says it. And when you just show, look before and after, and you just after one, after the other, what you're communicating very effectively to the consumer, to the potential client is a couple of things. Number one, this person knows what they're doing, right? If you can show that, hey, I can tell you I can do this, and that's great, and you're going to listen to me, and no matter how articulate I am and how captivating of a speaker, the bullshit meter is always going to be there to whatever percentage is, is kind of up to the person at home watching. But when you go through and you're like, I did it with them, 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 this could be you. This right here could be you. See that before picture? Does that look like your before picture? No, what about this one? What about this one? What about this one? What about this one? And the other thing is this. Now, we, we all kind of remember being, uh, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade elementary school. Does anyone have any questions? No one had a fucking question. So one person had a question, then everyone had a question. No one wants to go first. People are afraid to go first, right? Fear of judgment something that everyone possesses. We all have this thing called imposter syndrome. Everyone has it. And, and it's basically meant to say like, hey, you're doing the thing you've done at a higher level or you're doing a new thing. It's just there to tap you on the shoulder and be like, go be careful out there, kid. But the point is when someone else goes, they, they blaze the trail for you. We can talk about Roger Bannister in the four minute mile and then how it was repeated after that. People are afraid to go first. They don't want to. When you're saying this person, this person, this person, you take away their fear. You take away the fear of going first. You look at them and you're like, I went before you and so have these hundred other people. Come on in, baby. The water's fine. That is the best marketing that there is because it shows beyond the shadow of a doubt, you know what the fuck you're doing. 
I like that. Jason, you got anything you want to chime in here since you're like grand old sensei of the online world? I mean, not on this topic itself, but I mean, I'm not on this specific thing that was just said, but I'm sitting here in this day and age, like kind of scratching my head, like how do I market? What, what works for me in marketing, you know? And it sometimes, sometimes it stresses me out to be honest with you. But even when I was on vacation, I got back to thinking, you know what? It's kind of like Sue said, um, I'm going to just post my before and afters. I'm going to do more lives. So I started to set those up with coaches because honestly, like what Michael did say was, well, they won't do lives because they don't know the fucking answers on the spot. Well, I'm going to show that I do. So I like doing my pods. I don't love, you know, spewing out info anymore on estrogen dominance. It's been beat the fuck to death. I know there's new people coming to my page, but I'm just so goddamn sick of doing it. So for me, I'm going back to my roots. And that's like what Sue said. I've always just shown before and afters. I've always relied on referrals from my clients. I had two come in today that they're on referral. And so I'm going to stop stressing about what all these up and comers are doing. And I'm going to stick to what helped me build a seven figure business. And so that's where I'm at with it. I'm done stressing over it because I've been stressing over it, but it's not me. All this fancy, you know, Canva bullshit and things flying in from left and right and all these cool little things. It's not me. And I'm not going to do it. Um, so I don't know. Is that, I mean, that's my take on it. Uh, I, I love that. I love that because, and, and, this was touched on earlier. Coaches are making content for coaches. If you're talking to estrogen dominance, if you're using words like gluconeogenesis, you're, you're at this phase. And we've all seen that little graphic where it's like, I know nothing. I know everything. I know nothing. Yeah, I <laughs> That's actually, every fucking coach up here. I actually am going to do like a dirt cheap writing class to help coaches and like be like, there's something you guys want to know. And it's called the Hemingway editor. And you run it through it and it tells you the fucking grade level that people are going to read that at. And some people, I promise, are like at 12th in college yeah. grad. And there's no way a target consumers fucking oh. understanding oh. that at all. Oh. Yeah. Not, not at all. And, and that's, that's Instagram in a nutshell when it comes to the online space, right? Like you see coaches who are constantly trying to educate who they think are their consumers. Go look at your followers. They're just coaches. They're just you know, coaches who are looking up to you. I was just going to say that, like, you know what I really miss is logging onto Facebook and Instagram and seeing, like, normal people. Now when I log yeah. in, every other co- every other post is estrogen dominance, thyroid, GI help, you know, GI yeah. disorders and all this stuff. And I'm like, fuck, like, is everyone a coach now? Like, I, you know, there's no normal people. There's no more clients or potential clients. It's all coaches. Yeah, um, dude. I actually... Um... My buddy, when we were out, Danny grabbed my cell phone not long ago. He's like, dude, your social media is shit. All it is is people I just talk about shit that I don't care about. And handing me my phone back, he's like, here, be bored mine, but at least there's fishing and hunting on it. And I was <laughs> like, well, fuck, I don't even like either of those, but okay, it's probably better than mine. But I guess what Sue's saying is point, like Jason and I have talked before, and I know Sue's been in our talks. It's paralysis to some degree as a coach when you get in this space because it's so much of a red market. It's red ocean everywhere. Yeah. I log on my phone and within the first like one minute scrolling, I'm like, fuck it. I don't even want to post anything. I'm stupid. I want to put my phone up and go smoke a bowl and sit dejected in my corner and think of a new strategy immediately. But I also think that there's something else coming. I don't think that 
Instagram sustainable for our industry much longer. So I think there is going to be a shift. And I wanted to ask, because I know you have a visionary trait to you. You don't read the books unless you understand the visionary side. Where do you think the industry kind of goes next? If you're talking to coaches like myself and Sue and Jason here, for the, well, some of the older vets who are going to be listening to this podcast, where do, where would we start, you know, looking at our territory next? So I think you've kind of, to an extent, already spoken about that. If you guys are, are mentoring people or consulting for new coaches or coaching coaches, that is a logical progression because you have all of this knowledge, all of this information, right? Think about going to school for six years and then think about taking certifications. You distill all of the best stuff, all of the very useful things into this, right? It's just like Cliff's Notes. Okay. And so it's the very same thing. You guys are the certifications. You guys are the high level knowledge. You get to distill your years of experience into the things that you have done that you know that work into even what the research says that may be bullshit that you know, and you get to bring up the next level, the next generation. You are the guys who are putting the ladder down, letting other people climb up to the level that you're at. By the way, you make a business out of that because as more and more people come in, coaches need coaches too. Coaches need chirping, coaches need shepherding. And so something like that makes sense. But let's look at the industry on whole. Let's look a little bit real quick on how we got here and what's actually happening. And so when you look at, I don't know, let's say established coaches. And when I say established coaches, you should probably have been working in the industry for at least two years post any accreditation, just doing nothing but applying your knowledge, right? And just working in the trenches with clients. At that point, you can probably charge a decent penny because at the end of this, it's all value. It's all value-based, right? 5% of people buy the most expensive thing because it's the most expensive thing. 15% of people buy the cheapest thing because it's the cheapest fucking thing. 80% of people buy based on value. So what, what you can deliver for their amount of money is, is that decision. But everyone's going up. Everyone's pushing the up button, and here's why. When you are a coach in this space who is established, this isn't true for everyone, so I want to preface this, and you want to build a real business, and I mean like a real business where you have multiple employees and things, what do you do? You go to people who have done that. More often than not, unfortunately, that always isn't done in this space. Typically, they outsource to the mentorship of a digital marketer or something like that. Now, these are the people who, by trait, by their the very nature of their job is to attract people and to make as much money as possible that is the goal nothing more nothing less and so if a coach goes to that that becomes genesis for them if you have someone who their personal bias is towards marketing is towards gathering attention you only have a hundred percent of your time and if 70 percent of it is focused on attention gathering you got 30 percent left to deliver to paying clients. If you go to that school of thought, that is how the fuck you are going to show up as a coach. So when we have a coach who coaches coaches and they go to get a coach to coach them, it's a digital marketer. We've all seen the 10K a month thing, right? Now I'm getting hit with ads for 20K a month because you're appealing to people's want for, for money, 
right, to live that life because it's a life they've never had. People who work a lot and have a lot of money will tell you it's not always everything it's cracked up to be. But as as we kind of go at this, you have the person who they're marketing. What is it? You've seen it. It's screenshots, right? You guys have before and afters. It's screenshots. 10K this month, 12K that made $7,000 in the last three and a half minutes. Here's how that goes. Here's exactly how that goes. You buy into a program. Pause. We love to buy stuff. All of us. We're consumers by nature. We hate being sold shit. But the reality is you got sold into a program. Those are different things. So you get sold into a program, might be 2,000, might be 5,000, might be 25,000, could be 50 or 65, doesn't matter. You got sold into this program. And so now you have the enormous pressure of debt on you, which you may, may not have been encouraged to go get a bank loan, to go sell your car, to go take out credit cards, things like this to get into this program. And so now you have established coaches charging $300, $400, $500 a month because the term red ocean was brought up. Cool. You should. And this is, we're just talking about standard coaching. Now you have people who may be in their second year who are getting there, who are charging three or four or $500 a month. Six to eight weeks ago, and I can dig up the screenshot. I saw a coach who is going through a certification post and asked why they're not getting more clients. They're going through a certification, not they're done, not they're an actual coach. And then said that their rate is $3,000 for six months. Nutrition coach, not even fucking certified because they're being told the same thing that all the other coaches in the space are being told, just raise your, raise your rates, just raise your rates, just raise your rates, collect a paid in full, collect a paid in full. So you get the screenshot and then you send it to whoever your, your business coach is. You're like, I did it. I made the $12,000. What do they do? They go right to their marketing. Here's another one, another one. And so they just draw people in. And now we have so many people who are being drawn into the level in the world of high ticket coaching that you have people who've been coaching for 10 years plus charging three to $500. You got people who've been coaching for two years plus charging three to $500. You got people who aren't even fucking certified coaches charging three to $500. Now, when you walk this out, and I think, Jeff, you asked, where are we at in the phase of all this? So we have a red ocean with high ticket. We have a problem that's going to be perpetuated throughout the industry of mass consumer distrust. Because once you've been burned by a coach, what happens? You're reluctant. And so if someone does stumble across you guys, they're still going to be reluctant because they've been burnt before. Yep. And so then at the top end, now we just have people who don't trust. And so they're not getting coaching from good coaches. At the bottom end of that, their lives aren't changing. These people are staying stuck in pain. And so what do I believe the future is? Um, well, I think everyone should have financial freedom. It's something we all can work towards. I think everyone can have time freedom. It's something we all can work towards. And I think everyone should have a sense of purpose. I think if you are the owner operator of a business and you're not connected to it, if you don't feel full, if this isn't something you want to do when you get up, you're doing it wrong or you're in the wrong business altogether. And people can have all of these things. 
But the question is, how do we make your time more valuable? We can't fast forward for the new coach. If someone's been in the space for 18 months, 24 months, can't fast forward and say, all right, you've been here for 10 years. Now you're great. It's still the same year. So you need to start being able to try to identify how to solve more problems for more people at the same time without giving up any more of your time. Sounds like you guys run mentorships. Sounds like you guys consult for others. And now you are serving one to many at the same time. And so you can serve 14 people, 16 people, 12 people, nine people, 37 people in the same two hour block. Those people are all paying you. You get to coach more than one person at the same time. You get to get paid by those people at the same time. You get to deliver results to them. And so now you have your financial freedom. You have your time freedom. And if you are actually delivering results, you probably have a sense of purpose that you're tied to. I think that's what we should all be after in this industry. That's what I want. Yeah. I feel like the, the mentorship though, and the consulting, I get sense of purpose out of that when, you know, my mentees actually care about digging a little bit deeper and not just taking what I say and apply it. And then, okay, moving on to the next client, that would truly make me happy. And I know I can't change the innate motivations of each person because some people are just motivated by money. Other people really want to seek mastery. And, you know, that's me. I'm obsessed over mastery. Even now, 10 years in, I feel like I'm not good enough. I don't know it all. I still have, I'm not perfect. And I'm still trying to hone my skills. And I feel like a lot of people, they just don't care. They just think, oh, it's good enough. I made my money this month. Let's move on to the next client. You you are correct. And this is kind of where I... I brought up that frame earlier of would you rather have Michael Jordan on your team? Would you rather have Tex winners? You brought up the word mastery. Anytime anyone sees or hears the word mastery, you should automatically think that is a deliberate practice, the acquisition of skills. If you are not practicing deliberately to increase your skills, Mastery should not be anywhere you should should not be in your vocabulary, should not be synonymous with any of your attempts, right? And so those are the coaches who are forever doomed to only know tactics, to only know strategies. Over time, they will get exposed. Over time, they will lose clients because these are the people who, like you said, they're more driven by motivation. And now Jeff talked about the the marketing machine and what that looks like in real life is we've all seen like the the Chuck E. Cheese ball pit. And so that is the the owner of the business just scooping up a ton of balls and dropping them in, right? Except their machine's full of holes because they never fulfill to their clients. They never take the time to plug up the holes. And since they don't do that, what happens? It's called churn. When people leave their contract with you early, it's called churn. That is the hole in the bottom of your machine. And the only person who can fill it is either you or you better get an assistant coach who gives a fuck about coaching if you just want to run a business. A lot of people in this space, at least before the last like 12 months or so, I just want to coach. I just want to coach. I don't want to learn all the marketing. I don't want to learn all this. And that's why you outsource to VAs. And that's why you outsource those things to agencies because you just want to coach because you actually care about your people. But what we've seen now with the marketing of the 10Ks and the the 20Ks is people are just like, wait a minute, I can make some money. 
You mean I don't have to know anything about coaching? I don't even have to be through a certification yet? I can just charge like 500 bucks? Shit, yeah, I'm going to do it. It's not a good look. Yeah, I, I couldn't sleep well at night doing that. And like, I do make a good amount of money coaching. I mean, I probably could make more if I built myself a, a machine, but I love the coaching. I, I don't want to just own a business. I want to be a coach. And I feel like there's a, um, there, I think there should be a limit, a dollar amount limit that this is as much as you can make while still delivering great client service. And beyond that, you either have to switch from the coach hat onto a business owner hat or get out and invest in another business. Because coaching, I don't think there's any good coach out there that's making like, you know, a million dollars a year truly coaching one-on-one themselves and having a weekly check-in, being accessible, writing their own programs. It's impossible. It's impossible. You can't do it with more than 100 people, you know? Yeah, you're you're completely right. I would be willing to venture the same thing that there's not a coach out there. Like we're talking about like highest of high level consultants and their little private round tables of I've got these 10 people who pay me this much. Sure, maybe, but realistically, is anyone doing that? No. Are they saying they're doing that? Of course. Of yeah, course, because yeah. it's just good marketing. I think realistically, if you're very efficient, you have great systems, a hundred clients is probably like the cap for one one coach. And I think if I want to throw out a number, maybe like half a mil, I would say. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. And I think if you're a coach and you love coaching, you hit the nail on the head. You said the magic word. You said systems. You got to have systems in place to automate or nearly automate the shit that you don't love. And so like, I don't love marketing. I don't love the thought of just trying to going to manufacture attention. If you go to my social media, it's hardly existent. I'm up on my stories because that's easy for me to get stuff out. By the way, people look at that more than they look at your feed. The the, the scrolling stopped vertically. Now people are going more left to right. Yeah. But I, I don't, I think that there's a way to systemize, systematize. Is that the, is that the proper conjugation of that? Systematize your content creation if you don't like to do it. All you have to do is create somewhat of a template that you're going to follow every week. And if you sit down all at once and you write everything, you're going to be done in like one to two hours and then learn how to repurpose, right? It's not, and, and there's a great video from a marketer, his name's Peng Jun, and he goes over a content repurposing model. And so if you don't love being in front of the camera at all time, if you are that person who you need 27 takes to get shit done, if you don't, if you wake up and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to write about because I'm sick about writing about this thing, you waste more time. And then what do you do? Oh, I'm going to go to the Instagram to get an idea. And then what do you do? You scroll for 15 minutes. So you lose all your time. Create a system around all of your marketing materials and you will have all of the time for client fulfillment. By the way, if we take it back to the top of the hour, it's far easier to grow your client roster by delivering amazing service than it is to just go and do more marketing. Right. I agree. Um, since Jeff is away, I think we, we should probably wrap it up soon because it's been over an hour yeah. now. Mike, what sort of um, advice can you impart on our listeners, whether they're seasoned coaches like Jeff and Jason and myself or beginning, if you could give out three pieces of advice to be successful and sustain that success within this very, very challenging cutthroat industry where there is minimal barrier to entry, what would you say? Mm, okay. So number one, this is the long game. If you are coming here and 
and you bought in on like, All right, we're going to make you 10K in the next 30 days or 100K in the next 90 days, probably not going to happen, right? That's that's like a 15, a 15% or less that you actually hit that 10K month. And if you do, your next two months are going to be really bad because now you have to onboard all those people. So number one, don't try to get rich quick. You are playing the long game here. This is chess. It is not checkers. So the first thing is if there's any like, hey, money and time, just go ahead and pass by, right? Because at this point, if you're looking to get rich quick, you probably should be spending more time with your clients. And so the number two thing is clients. Focus on your clients, the people who pay you money. People pay for two things. They pay for an experience and they pay for convenience. And so if you cannot give, if you can't find a way to make your coaching super convenient because this is an Amazon, right? Like one day Jeff Bezos and the convenience he's built is going to turn us into space balls where, you know, we're just getting our fresh air out of a tube and we don't have to leave our home anymore. We're never going to have that in the coaching space. And so at that point, it's an experience. What's the best experience you can give someone? Try to figure out how to differentiate your coaching from what every other coach delivers. It can be a handwritten letter to every client right? Everyone sends the $5 Starbucks thing on, on your text. Cool. Handwrite them a letter, get an actual gift card, send it to them. Now they've, they've, they've been given an experience and they've been given a hit of dopamine when they open up that letter, right? So that is definitely going to be number two. <sighs> the third piece of advice, no matter where you're at in this industry. Okay. Have a message. Your message can be your niche. When we use the term niche, we're talking about your marketing. And so everyone thinks your niche has to be, well, I help busy moms 35 to 39 with their three kids and their blah, blah, blah. And that can be like a 22 year old man. I see that in their bios. I'm like, why are you doing that? You have no business doing that. Your niche doesn't have to be an individual consumer. It doesn't have to be an age group. It doesn't have to be a gender or non-gender, whatever, whatever you're into. It can simply be your message. When you look at an Andy Frisella, when you look at a, a Jocko Willink, a David Goggins, doesn't matter what you think of these people, they have a certain message that comes across, right? And some people need a David Goggins. Some people can't stand that and they need a Brene Brown understand that your your clients and the people that you're going to connect to they're out there but instead of trying to funnel your message and what is in your heart of hearts instead of trying to funnel that into some refined marketing statement that you help busy moms do this without this bring your message the thing that resonates with you the most and put that out there and don't worry about talking about estrogen dominance worry about speaking from the heart your people will show up Take those actions every day and watch your audience grow over time. That would be the third piece. Awesome. Well, dude, that's our, that's our hour. And I honestly, I think we covered a lot of good stuff. I would like to do like a deep, deep dive with you. I think Sue, knowing your background now, could be very prepared for a conversation because he likes this kind of stuff. But maybe some deep nuanced dives like on marketing strategies because we talk a lot to coaches who are just starting because that's like the space you said it correctly when we started today two years ago it flooded covid introduced the whole new thing yep. um 
But in that shuffle got lost a lot of coaches who's been doing it five, 10 years who could use help and maybe need to look up from the weeds. So I think that would be a conversation that I know I would like to have with you. And I think Jeffrey Sue and Jason probably would uh, now that they have your background and stuff like that. The whole audience does. Cause you know, how do you help old man Jason and me not be so overwhelmed where we actually enjoy our social media again? Take our depressing panda projects and make them happen. <laughs> but um, I know you're involved in something new or you're launching something new or you've got some stuff going on. I follow you on social. Like I said, you, you're very intelligent. You know your shit. Me and you understand needs, so not many people get that. Where can people find you, follow you? What's going on? Send us home. Yeah, absolutely. So the easiest place to connect with me is on Instagram. Um, and that's going to be at Michael underscore I dot lead. And you're right. I do have something that I'm working on. Um, I did leave my former position late summer uh, last year. And I'm going to blow by this, but a lot of things happen. Uh, we, we had a son who passed away and Sorry, that gives you immediate perspective on life. Yeah. Right. It's a big mirror for you. And a couple of other things happened um, that I just felt that I was redirected. I was being called to something else, right? Like I'm not supposed to be here anymore. I have to go this way now. And so I have opened up a, uh, a group and we've been in beta since I want to say mid November. And with that, I have taken, I took 10 and I took gym owners. So we've got brick and mortar. We've got coaches with no niche. We have coaches with a niche. We have people who have paid copious amounts of dollars for high ticket programming or high ticket coaching. And I took some of them too, because I want to prove a point. And so, yeah, I, uh, I have this pod and the community is called I lead lowercase I L E A D all caps. It's not an acronym. It's not, I love to eat avocados daily, right? <laughs> the I is small because the person in front is the least important thing. The people behind them, whoever you're leading your mission, your vision, your ideology, that's always going to be more important. If you are led by a cult of personality, you will never get as far as you want to go. And so I've assembled a team and we've built a community and I've had a front row ticket to just about every single problem that coaches face in the space. And so that's why I just took a group quietly and we've been working on those things. And I'll be, I'll be coming back up from, from, uh, from the depths in probably about three weeks to share some results publicly but I'm very excited about it. And if you guys want to follow along, find me on Instagram, we can connect there. Well, man, I really appreciate you taking the time. Like I said, um, I've always respected you. Anyone who can kind of understand leadership and principles. Um, you know, I know you're talking about going to Dallas here next week and getting out that way. If you do, I'll be curious what you think about my presentation and the way I'm going, because I'm going to intertwine power in there and, I love it. Kind of keynote. My goal is to basically make what I talk about in PCs going forward would be I would once I present them and I'm done and flush it out, I would then record the video and sell it 
and then just keep kind of like a, a leadership course going because I think that that is what the industry is. So I identify trainers as people who do those challenges and have Facebook groups mm. and I identify coaches as being able to get to a monthly reoccurring coaching model, which when you get to reoccurring monthly billing, that lets you know, you're actually a leader And it. You know, these people could do these challenges. They could do these Facebook groups. Cool. You're just a trainer. It's not sustainable. When you get to monthly reoccurring billing and you could fucking hold 10, 15 20k pretty residually you have a certain amount of leadership and that's who i want to start talking to in the space and helping them get better because if they get better in leadership they're going to snuff out all the shit that shouldn't be in there is my opinion so i'm just going forward a different way but um i always love chatting with you i know the guys probably did too they uh, i know sue loves this kind of stuff and we'll form one on a higher level one and bring you back man thanks Sounds like a plan, guys. Thanks for having me. Can't wait to be back. All right, guys. Cool. Peace.